Welcome to another episode of All In San Diego This Week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching, because you can now watch the show on YouTube. Uh, last week was the first time we've ever offered that option. And, it, you know, it was pretty popular. A lot of people watched the episode. You can you can see things. You can have a different experience. Uh, we hope you'll check that out. Uh, just search for All in San Diego on YouTube. We're YouTube stars now, so there's, you know, We're, we're YouTubers. That. Yeah, smash we're that subscribe YouTubers. button. Yeah. <laughs> Hit that like button. Stomp on the alert button. Is that what these do? They say um, stomp on it, smash. No, it? but they say smash a lot of buttons. They're very into smashing oh. the subscribe button. Yes, very my daughters are both YouTubers. Yes, um, yeah. it, it's going to be a fun. This episode is lions, gulls, and beers. We're going to get into what's going on <laughs> at lions, tigers, and bears. We're going to talk about the gulls. Uh, we're going to talk about San Diego beer week, which I've I've never even. I didn't know it was a thing on the scale that it is. So that's all on the way. But speaking of beer, Sarah, are you drinking one right now? <laughs> I know. You thought I was drinking a beer. Um, what, no, what is this that? Is, it's liquid death. And wow. it's actually just water. <laughs> <laughs> but it, makes, it, sure, it looks really hardcore, doesn't it? It does. Is, um, and it is hardcore. Their marketing is honestly, it's genius. I'm such a sucker for marketing. I am like exactly the type of person that companies are targeting. I'm just a yeah. consumer. And if it's yeah. like, if it's in this funny bottle, I saw a friend drinking it at a party and I actually thought it was a giant, like a tall boy. Yeah. And she was like, no, I'm actually doing like dry October. And, um, but I wanted, she said, I wanted to feel like I was still, you know, part of the party. And Hardcore, so yeah. They, they brought their own liquid death and there are different flavors. This is severed lime. It's like mm. very, they're all very, you know, like violent, like the name. Right. Are, their tagline is murder your thirst, which I just think is like well, so funny. Very um, hardcore. I just love, you're such a mom. And if you were walking towards me at like school pickup <laughs> and carrying that, I'd be like, is this mom up here rocking? Like a, a, I know. a pale ale at school pickup. And yep. if I got closer, no. it's thought it was liquid freaking death. I'd be liquid quite shocked. Death. Um, it, at, we're posting this episode on Halloween day. So, um, I actually have a request to every musician in the world. I don't care what genre of music you make. I don't care whether you're a band or a solo artist, please somebody make new Halloween songs. I have <laughs> been to my kids class celebrations. I've been to the trucker, you know, you do all of the Halloween things yeah. for Halloween Yeah. and enough with monster mash. That's it. The top one, the all I want for Christmas of you for Halloween is Thriller. And Thriller's fine. It's Michael yes. Jackson. It's an actual good song. But it all goes downhill from there. I could go my whole life yeah. without hearing Monster Mash again, which is probably number two. And it's annoying. And you know this. You have kids. Smashing or mashing is now a term for, like, doing it. So now it's kind of oh, a song about, yes. like, the werewolf and Dracula monster mashing. Awkward. Oh, and then, yeah. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Thanks for... It is. Now it's in my brain. Everyone just has to... Re There's like eight Halloween songs. You know this from when you were on the radio still, Sarah. Yeah. Like, we're we're playing Ghostbusters at least every two hours. Oh, yeah. No, they're all coming back to me now. I honestly... When you said Halloween songs, I couldn't think of any except for Thriller. But now that you're saying them, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. Because they wedge songs like Somebody's Watching Me. Into a Halloween song, which it wasn't written as a Halloween song. And that, that's how no. bad the Halloween song inventory is. 
Yeah. It's a little Taylor creepy. Swift, like Taylor Swift needs to come up with a Halloween song. Yeah. Mariah Carey. Charlie you're Puth. With, you, yeah. You've done enough for Christmas. Let's help out some other holidays. Yeah. Good Dead point. Man's Party by Oingo Boingo. I wouldn't know that song if it hadn't kind of evolved into a crappy Halloween song. They are the Mariah Carey of Halloween. You yeah. Know? Christmas yeah. time comes. That gets played millions of times, her song, and she makes millions of dollars. Halloween comes. Dead Man's Party gets played 25 times. <laughs> And Oingo Boingo makes enough to renew their Amazon Prime for a year, but it's still a big time for them. Totally, I act- I hadn't thought about that. There really aren't that many great Halloween songs. There's a lot of squeezing in. Freaks come out at night. The freaks come yes. out at night. That's not yes. about the kind of freaks. That's not about people in mm-hmm. costumes. That's about a whole different. No, kind it's of not. But they Let's... just twisted it because there wasn't tr- anything else. Because it's because yeah. it's that bad. All right, I'm just putting it out there. Between now and next year, someone and you're right. It's got to be a Taylor Swift. Uh, a Lizzo, yeah. someone who's making yes. hits. We need Halloween hits. Your local, your your new reference of Lizzo was way better than mine. I don't know why I said Charlie Puth. Like, why did why did I think <laughs> Charlie Puth was going to be like the one to revolutionize Halloween music? <laughs> we're, we're all Lizzo's counting on you, way Charlie better. Puth. Okay, let's hope. Uh, okay. I'm excited to talk about this very cool place. Are you ready for the, our first segment, Sarah? Yes. Yeah, of course. One of our absolute favorite things to do in all in San Diego is introduce you to places you don't know about yet. Now, that doesn't apply to everyone. A lot of people know about lions, tigers, and bears, but I'm always surprised how many people don't because it's so cool and it's right in our own backyard in Alpine, California, um, rescuing lions and tigers and bears. It's, it's awesome what they do. And Bobby is here. She runs the whole operation. She's here to tell us all about it. Hi, Bobby. Hey, and, and and how, I gosh, it must be, I think I was there 10 years ago. You guys have been at this for a while, for my first visit. Oh, we've built a lot since you were here. Yeah. No, I'm saying for my, for my first visit, I'm saying how far back do you go? Uh, 20 years. This is our 20th, okay. 20th oh, year. Oh, wow. <laughs> and how did it get started? Uh, actually, I was opening a restaurant in Texas, and when I was looking for my equipment, I kept seeing lions, tigers, leopards for sale, and I just got curious and answered the ad and. The lady lived in a mobile home on five acres. She had tons of babies, baby tigers, baby cougars, leopards crawling around her floor, and you could buy one like a puppy and take it home. And, of course, I didn't do that, but I was very interested and started volunteering for her, and I answered some more ads. And you really see the exotic animal trade in Texas? Yes. Became more and more interested and wanted to make a difference and wanted to stop some of the craziness that happens to these animals. Yeah, because we all know that there are different types of people caring for these types of animals. They're the we, everyone knows the name Carol Baskins now, who you know is yeah. from Tiger King, and she's you know in it for probably the wrong reasons. But people like you, you are truly rescuing these animals, putting them in an environment that is much much better than anywhere else. They they'd probably be rehabilitating them, giving them amazing lives. Right. A lot of the people are just in it for nothing more than profit. And the animals are just, you know, used and then disposed of and overbred and pulled, you know, as babies before their eyes are are even open. And when I first started this, everybody thought, oh, those animals, they all live at the zoo or the circus. And that's just not true. Yeah. No, they've, they've got plenty of space and, and plenty of of area to, to have good lives. And, and it started with lions and tigers and bears and that you still have those, but you have a lot of other animals now. Right. We have 19 different species now, 65 animals, and we just brought home a few more last week. So yeah, <laughs> lots of animals. Yeah. Tell us about where are the animals you brought home last week? Where did those all come from? Uh, from Maryland. So this particular 
facility called Tri-State Zoological Park got their first violation in like 2003 and 2005. And it's taken this long to get them shut down. So it's oh my actually PETA was uh, the attorneys working on the case. And wow. so we helped move some of the animals to Texas. And then we brought two very, very, very overweight, I mean, fat bears home and a llama <laughs> and uh, two mini horses. And then we moved like some emu and a pop belly pig and a coat of Mondays and ducks to Texas. So are the, the fat bears on what, protein shakes now? Are we peloton yeah. those guys? <laughs> What's funny is they were so happy just to see water. Like the, she literally uh, oh. and jumped in the water and they love lettuce. Like they're really loving the watery vegetables and the watery fruit. So you're really, kidding. they're on a really good diet right now. So oh. they got to lose a lot. They weigh 520 and 698 pounds Ooh. where they should weigh about 350. Oh, that oh. is the, oh yeah, they're big. They're I was going to joke about, you know, are you feeding them some kale salads now that they're, you know, Southern Californians, but they actually do like the salad. <laughs> they love it. Yeah, they love it. That's great. Do, do most of the animals you rescue, this might seem like a silly question, but when I, I'm a dog lover and every time I get a new dog, I take naming that dog very seriously. It's a big deal to try to match a dog with the right name. Do you name the bears or do they come in pre-named? Well, we, they, they, they have their name, so we kept their name. We did rename the llama. His name is Cody now. So okay. we kind of have a running thing going. Some of the livestock is named after our keeper. So Cody's one of our keepers. So. <laughs> and the llama was the hardest one to load. So he, oh, I bet. He, he was a handful. They're, they're, they could be a little bit uh, rough, can't they, those llamas? Yeah, you got to watch your face. They'll spit right on you. Oh, my <laughs> man. gosh. Yeah. So rude. Crazy. So, so people can when people come out to visit you how is the experience different than going to a traditional zoo um it's an educational visit and you actually go around with a keeper or a trained volunteer and the animals actually come down to see you they look forward to the visitors because we're not like a zoo where we're open all the time and there's a million people and they really look forward to that visit time. So <laughs> they take you around, they tell you the animal story and they'll feed the animals. So you really get to see the animals and you get to learn about the exotic animal trade. And if you want to get involved and help or want to volunteer, you could always volunteer too. Yeah. Are you guys how, open how? every day? Uh, Wednesday through Saturday are visits, but of course we're here every day. Yes. And you have a couple of special events coming up, right? Right. Today we have our spooky camp over. So we're getting through that. And then we've got our turkey bash coming up, which is always the Friday and Saturday after Thanksgiving. And then Sunday, December 10th, we have our Christmas with the animals where we give all the animals Christmas trees and Christmas presents and lots of food. And yeah, it's fun. Fun day. It's it's an incredible place. Check out the website. Uh, make make a, a time for you to get out and meet these animals. Is there What animal is the best named animal out there? I'm into these animal names now. I think the favorite is probably Meatball or Cherry Bomb. <laughs> so Meatball's a big, big brown bear, and oh. uh, he Glendale, and then Cherry Bomb's a grizzly bear. Okay. So well, cute. <laughs> now you've really got to get out there and see Meatball and Cherry Bomb. Bobby, we love what you do. Come on again whenever you have something to tell San Diego about, and uh, okay, thanks thank for taking you. care of those animals. Absolutely. Yep, thank you. Thanks a lot. Bye. <laughs> Speaking of wild animals, I know there are tons in Alpine where, where they are. Sure. You wouldn't probably expect that there are so many wild animals in Encinitas. We had a bobcat, a bobcat wow. 
Okay. I'm look, you see coyotes fairly often depending on where in the county you live. We've been having coyotes just walking up and down our street in broad daylight, and they are not scared of humans at all. I don't know what oh. happened, but coyotes are no longer intimidated by humans. They are assholes to humans. They don't like if you <laughs> stop your car to kind of intimidate yeah. it, they will stop and turn and look at you like what? What? Yeah, what? Do something. Yeah. Get out of my way. Like, cause what yeah. am I gonna do? Get out of the car and try to battle a coyote? No. So like, I'll just pull over real quick, let you do your business. No, yeah. but this was a bobcat. We don't see those all the time here. Very rare to see a bobcat anywhere in the county. So we got in this bad habit of leaving our back back slider open for the dog. This wasn't my choice. You know that I'm much more anal retentive than that. But <laughs> Ryan grew up in Hawaii, and they just, like, leave all their doors and windows unlocked all the time. I mean, they're, sure. like, louvered windows. You know, it's like there's no – they're just not worried about security or break-ins for some reason in Hawaii. <laughs> I like, can't believe you let that fly because you kind of you're, – you're so much like my wife. And my wife is so like, – we have a smart lock on our front door. And so when we oh. walk out the front door, a minute later, it automatically locks. <gasps> I but, love that. I want that. Uh, oh, you do? Well, it's not enough for my wife because she turns around and manually locks it Im immediately <laughs> in case in the one minute we're walking to the car or something, there's some kind of attack on the house. I cannot believe, first of all, this is so sidetracked, but I cannot believe how much me and your wife, we're so much alike. It's like I know. every time we talk, there's something else. Yes. This is one of Ryan and I's biggest battles because he's, sure, very, he's way more lax about leaving the house open or doors unlocked. There are side door for the garage. He's always like, you have, like, you're obsessed with locking it. And I'm like, yes, because it should be locked. Like, if you're not going in and out of that door, like... First thing I do is I close the door and I just instinctually, I lock it. And I've like locked him out into the backyard so many times. He's like, why do you keep locking the door? I'm like, why do Happens you keep leaving it time. unlocked? Okay. So. Because we're not <laughs> so under attack. Because I don't think there are enemies across the street watching with binoculars for that small window of time where a door is open to run over and do God knows what you're imagining. No, this has been our ba battle. And Ryan's argument is like, if somebody wants to break in bad enough, they're going to, you know, a, a locked door isn't going to stop them. And I'm like, but that doesn't mean we should just leave everything open and make it easier for them. Fair um, enough. Okay. But so against your so, will, you would leave yes. the door open just to crack. So your little bug can get outside. Yes. Right. If she needed to go pee or whatever. So we go out to dinner and I get this panicked call from my neighbor. She's like, oh my God, there's a bobcat. We just saw it. It was on our, it was in our backyard and it's walking the fence. Like right now it is walking the fence line between our two houses. And I'm like, oh my God. We're not home, and I don't know if the slider's open or not, the back slider. And sure. she's like, oh, my God. And I was like, Olive, I mean, she's a little pug. Like, she will be bobcat food. Yeah, absolutely. Like, she's a snack. She's a bobcat Just, snack, like two bites. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. And she has no bottom teeth. Like, I mean, she can't. <laughs> defend herself yeah. like she can't breathe this is a mess. she would just pass out from suffocation I know. trying to even fight yeah, she probably would die on her way out to fight the bobcat <laughs> so my neighbor I, I was like well i don't know what I, there's nothing we can do like we're not home it would take us 20 minutes to get home and she's like okay i'm gonna go check she <laughs> grabs the only weapon she could find in her house she sends me a picture. She's like, okay, I'm going to go check. She sends me a picture of her with a samurai sword. Yes. <laughs> like, what? Straight, so up, 
It's an actual weapon. I know. Like, where did you get a samurai sword? I think it was on display on their wall, like in the garage or something. I don't know. I don't even know where she got it from. It was some decoration. It was a decoration. Yes. So she goes into her backyard with a legit samurai sword. And needless to say, everything ended up okay. The slider oh. did happen to be closed that night. And she sent me a picture of Olive, like, sitting on the couch, staring back at her. Like, what are you doing, lady? Why is there a wannabe samurai? What's her for? What's her name? Bridget. Uh, I just, I needed to have a name to go with yeah. the visual of Bridget rolling into the backyard prepared. If Amazing. If you got the sword, you've got to be prepared to use it. She was ready to sword fight a bobcat. I know. I was like, what would you have done? And she's like, I, I'm not really sure. Like, she, it all happened so fast. But she figured at least it was long enough to where if the bobcat, I don't know, lunged at her, tried to eat yes. her, she could at least get some distance between her and the bobcat. And Bridget, so Bridget goes down in history as the best neighbor of all time. Yes. Who does that? Bridget. All, everything was okay. All up's fine. And guess what? We're never leaving the backslider open again because yeah. bobcats. So you finally won the argument. Happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. Take that. He just took a bobcat, like almost <laughs> eating our dog. A neighbor almost having to sword fight a bobcat, but you won. Yeah. Gnarly. Gnarly. That's my wild animal story. That was my encounter. San Diego had a really bad sports day the other day, even by San Diego standards. And I don't mean to be cruel by saying that, but we know how this town does with sports. You probably know the Padres were eliminated. You might not know that on that exact same day, the San Diego Loyals and the San Diego Waves were also eliminated. It was rough, but we're here with good news. You can always count on the gulls. The gulls are still playing. (laughs) The games are so fun. And we have our friend Alyssa. I don't know how to introduce you. Are you, I think of you as the hype girl for the games. You're the hostess to the party, right? I mean, that's pretty much it. Um, So I'm the arena host, which means that I get to do all the fun stuff with the crowd, like in between when they have like timeouts and in between periods and stuff. Um, so that's, that's what I do. I hang out in the crowd and I pretty much am a, a hype girl for sure. And there is so much of that fun. There are so many things to do at a golf game. You are going to have an absolute blast there, whether you like, like whether you ever seen a hockey game or not, they really do put on an event every time the golfs are playing. Oh yeah. It's a good time. I, we have our golfs girls, we have Gulliver and we just unleashed, <laughs> um, on opening night on Friday. We unleashed our Gulls Blue Line Blonde Ale, which is super duper good. Oh. It's like, and it's in like a cool Gulls can too. So those are available for five bucks at every Friday game. So Fridays get a little wild, but it's fun. For somebody who has never been to a Gulls game, what can they expect? You don't have to be a super hardcore hockey fan. No. Okay. First of all, you need to change that this year, Sarah. You need to go to a Gulls game. Um, but no, no, like you're going to get so much fun, whether you go with your friends or whether you're taking the family, I mean, like even next Saturday. So we have theme nights, we have Mexican heritage night next Saturday. And we have like a fun tailgate with like a mariachi band and dancers. And like, we're always doing different theme nights like that. December, we have, um, the teddy bear toss where everybody throws teddy bears onto the ice. And it's, it's like the (laughs) coolest game to see. Um, so yeah, I feel like I always see. The kiddos having fun. I always see the big kids having fun. It's a good time for everybody that goes. Yeah, you're, you're right in the sense that it's a great 
you know, girls' night out or guys' night out. It's a fine date. It's a good place to take the whole family. It's one of those activities that no matter what your your outing consists of, it's going to be fun if you do it at a goals game. So how are the goals doing this season? I know they're actually usually competitive. They're usually in the hunt. How are we doing? Yeah, so, I mean, we're only a couple games in this season, but the boys are looking good. We just won last night, um, which was really a fun game. Uh, they They were just, like, on a roll. And like, like I said, that's what makes it really fun is just because I feel like a lot of people don't even realize how good the goals are, but yeah, like the past couple of seasons, I mean, they've really been killing it. And it's, <laughs> one thing that's fun about the goals is it's not a bunch of millionaires out there, you know, making the big buck. These are the guys that are there because they love hockey. I, I literally had a general sales manager in radio in San Diego who had a hockey background and they were short on players for a goals game. He got the call. No. I played hockey like a year, suited no, up, and went and played for the night with the oh, goals. Oh, are you kidding? I love yeah. that. Yeah. Jason no Fortemont was his way. name. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So these guys are out there because they want to be. It looks like there are like a handful of um, home games coming up. Uh, we have There's a home game on Friday the 4th, Saturday the 5th, and then again uh, November 11th. What? What does it cost wise? Tickets start at like 26 bucks. That's up in the terrace section. But honestly, I was just up there last week um, sitting with a friend and you can still see every single detail on the ice. Like they might be the high yeah. up seats, but there's still yeah. some great seats in that arena. There's not a bad no. seat in the house. And by the way, five bucks buys you a sniff of someone else's beer. It, at exactly. Park. You know, <laughs> yeah. and this is like I know. craft beer too. Like this is like an actual like brewed just for us beer. So it's like some good stuff. That's awesome. All right. We're talking about beer. We got to hit food. We always do on this show. Is there a, a recommendation you have that everyone should try at a golf game? Actually, yes. Okay. So I love all the food there. Like all the smells get me every single game. Like I want it all. But they have mini donuts that you can get like a whole bucket Ooh. of them. And I have gone up to the concourse sometimes <laughs> and gotten some and I'll bring them downstairs for me and the girls girls. And everybody's so excited. They're so good. Ooh, that sounds yeah. delicious. They're really good. <laughs> uh, I, I hope you're inspired. Heck, there's a there's a home stand this weekend. Get out there and check out one of the games. Get the $5 beers. Get the mini donuts. Have all the fun and support the goals who are always competing and uh, giving us a chance to have a great time all around San Diego. And make sure you wave at Alyssa and say hi. She's going to make sure you have a good time while you're there. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun. I'll see you guys at the game. All right, a little bit about this next segment. Sarah and I were looking at all the things going on in San Diego, and we came across Beer Week, and we were like, everyone knows about Restaurant Week. Everyone knows about the taste of this neighborhood. and the There are so many ev events we all know about, and we all know that there's a huge beer scene in San Diego. Why are we not up to speed on this thing called Beer Week, which is right around the <laughs> corner? I'll tell you who is. Brandon Hernandez, who runs SanDiegoBeer.News, uh, your resource for local beer. Welcome to uh, the show, Brandon. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here and to uh, you know talk about Beer Week. It's a big thing. It's very cool. It yeah, sounds beer like you a... have a, a pretty fun gig, Brandon. Do you, you know all about beer? So I assume you get to just taste all the beers, drink all the beers in San Diego. You know, I do a lot more of interviewing brewers and, and things oh, like that. Okay. But I, de I definitely taste my fair more than my fair share of beer. And there's <laughs> so much good beer here in San Diego. So it yeah. is a sweet gig. Okay, well, then it's a great place to have a beer week because there is so much good beer. There are breweries that have blown up and, and gone way beyond their local roots. There are other up-and-comers right now who may be the next big thing. There are so many beers. What a great way to enjoy them. How does beer week work? 
Well, Beer Week came together. Uh, now it's been, gosh, over a dozen years uh, as something but from the San Diego Brewers Guild. Uh, it's a volunteer organization run by people who uh, either own or work at breweries. And they got together and there was other parts of uh, the country where cities were holding these things called Beer Weeks. What it is is an opportunity to really celebrate beer for a 10-day span. So it's not like your regular week. And because it's beer, you don't mind. Sure. Uh, yeah. All of the breweries, bars, even hotels and other places like museums, they get in and they make these special events within this 10-day span. And they're not all the same. You know, we have our beer festivals. We have, you know, uh, beer releases, keep the pint nights, things that match art and beer, food and beer. And they all happen within this period and it allows you to really celebrate local beer and see what our region has to offer on the largest, broadest span. It's it's so much fun. And for the last two years, we really couldn't do much with it. So it's kind of a return to form for the San Diego brewers. And there's just you know new breweries, like you were saying, large breweries that have been around for a long time. And it's a platform for all. It's really awesome. And there's a lot of things that bring them together as well. I think a lot of people just have their, you know, whether they're one favorite beer or maybe they have a half a dozen that are that they love. It's a good inspiration to get out and try some new beers, maybe add something to the repertoire. Oh, most definitely. I mean, we have over 150 operating brew houses here in San Diego, over 200 brewery-owned venues. So there's definitely things you haven't experienced yet. So it sounds like, you know, it's going to be a very different experience between where you are in the county and what your schedule is like. Is the Beer Guild the place to go to kind of find out all the different events, places you can go to participate? stbeer.com, that's the Brewers Guild's website. That's a good place to go. You can go to stbeer.news, sign up for our email newsletter on the Friday that Beer Week starts. You're going to get a big, uh, nice calendar right there, all just listed very easy for you to find events. Um, events that are kind of the cornerstones, they're starting to finish. Beer Week takes place from November 4th to the 13th this year, and so that's a Friday to a Sunday. November 5th is Guildfest, where all of the member organizations that are part of the San Diego Brewers Guild, so all of those breweries, they come out, show up, bring out a lot of beers. A lot of them are specialty beers, but they really interface with the public. You'll be getting beers from like brewery owners and head brewers. It's really fun to, if you are really into it or want to be, you'll learn a lot. And then uh, at the end of it all, on the 13th, there's this kind of, I would say like, upper echelon event for beer and food at the Logitory Pines. It takes place every year. It's called Beer Garden. Oh. And so you'll have like two breweries, a really great restaurant. They work together on their pairings. It's all there. You're, you know, outside overlooking the Pacific. It's really something else. But those are two uh, kind of cornerstone events. That That's venue, it. oh my gosh, the Lodge is like, what a place. <laughs> I mean, if you've never been, it's one of those places in San Diego where you absolutely have to go and just check out, like you said, the view and the vibe. And what better way to do it than with Beer Week? So you've got this built-in event and you get to go see this iconic location in San Diego. Great, great duo right there. Yeah, celebrating the San Diego and the beer at the same time. Yeah. I love that. What is the most surprising beer ingredient you've come across in your 16 years? Every once in a while, it's like bacon beer, really? And it's surprisingly <laughs> good. Have you have you had one that you're like, this can't possibly be good, and it is? Uh, yeah, it, candy cap mushrooms, I would have to say. What? It became kind of like a hot item for a hot minute about a year ago, but uh, that you find them now in stouts, and they have—I guess—they have this earthy, sweet quality. It, it, the, the, the beers that I've had, multiple, if you can believe it, actually worked out really great. And then there's always the really spicy peppers too, but they kind of—they can work when you do it right. Yeah, yeah. I've had the spicy pepper beers, and if they're not too spicy, then it's great because they kind of make you a little more thirsty, and it's a whole cycle of things. <laughs> uh, well, you, and so during beer week, you'll find a bunch of beers that are like. 
next level. You know what I mean? It, they won't always be your standard. Here's an IPA. Here's a lager. Of course, you'll get those, but you'll you'll get these exotic things coming out. And they they wait till November and they and they said this is when we're going to put them out. And so come on, come one, come all, and see what we can the most crazy thing we can imagine and taste it too. Uh, I love that there are so many options. You can go to one of the two benchmark events at the beginning or the end of the 10 days, or just go to sdbeer.com and see which restaurants near you, which breweries near you. There, you might live, there's a funny thing about this brew scene. You might live really close to a, a, a craft beer brewer and you don't know because they're all in these little uh, industrial shopping centers. You don't drive by them, but they're not near the restaurants or in a strip mall most of the time. Right. And so this is where I have to plug the fact that sandiobeer.news has an always up to date, by the day list and interactive map for all it's sortable by neighborhood of all the breweries in San Diego. So if you don't know the one that's down the street from you, you know, I live in Lemon Grove, something like that, you know, pick Lemon Grove, you'll find out right away. So wow. It's just that easy. I mean the San Diego beer news thing, it's amazing. It, well, it, look, it, there are things that are moving targets because with the beer, it's like, okay, now I know where the brewery is nearby, but when is the taco truck going to be there? Or what's the uh, night, yes. what's their happy hour? You know, that having a resource like San Diego Beer News is, it's kind of uniquely handy for, for the beer scene. Yeah, and there's always places opening, closing, you know, changing things up, opening a tasting room. It, it's really a dynamic industry. And I, I think a lot of people don't know that on its face. But if you, uh, you know, check out our site every now and again, or sign up for that newsletter, you'll be kind of amazed at how much goes on on a regular basis. And as you take that trip down the rabbit hole, we'll be there with you and helping you along the way. I just love the fact that there's a beer guild. It feels like there's a guy out in back forging swords, <laughs> of, you know, a blacksmith. And, you know, there's, there's trade going on in the market outside the guild. It sounds very old timey, but <laughs> let me make those aluminum cans for you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Artisanal, handcrafted. All right, Brad. Well, I think uh, Sarah and I agree. We we share a brain, so we know you're our beer guy on this show from near on. For sure. You're, you're very good at it. You know your stuff. Uh, so from now on, I should say. Uh, there you go. You, you guys know your stuff, too. That would be awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll call you whenever there's beer stuff. And people should go to your site and sign up, get that newsletter. It's going to come out and get you all the information we couldn't do in a short interview on All in San Diego. SanDiegoBeer.news. Uh, yes, and then SD Beer is the uh, the guild. Yes. The guild. Okay, you have to say it like that, right? Yes, absolutely. You have to. Yes. Thank you. I'm ready. Have a good one, man. Thank you. Thank you. Before we get into the weekend events, and there are some great ones, I need to share. I'm in the middle of a parenting situation right now, and it's what it's a it's a double dilemma, and I'll, I'll get right to it. Uh, Kaylee, my seventh grader, has one teacher who has decided to give out bathroom passes. Every student gets two passes that allow them to go to the bathroom and they need to last. How long do you think is reasonable? Oh, like the, like the day, you know, I mean, how the many, day, I mean, a week would day. be reasonable. I think, I, I think a week okay. would be reasonable. Sure. Try, try the semester, try four months. Each kid can pee two times. What if they have like IBS or something? Oh, I mean, what the girls have reasons they need <laughs> to go to the bathroom. There, there well, are a lot of, yes. yeah, right. And two times, and, and not only do you only get to go twice, but after that, you're penalized every time you go to the bathroom. But no, it, no, no, no. It, if you save your pass and you make it to the end of the semester without using it, you get extra credit. This teacher is real worried about pee. I I don't even feel like it's right. I mean, is this even allowed? I don't know. You can't, like you can't tell a kid to hold their pee. 
Well, like, uh, what if this... they get a, a UTI? I'm very concerned about all the You are. I'm worried about the medical. UTI. Well, I mean, even even literally, if you're a teacher, you want your kids to learn. What's more, more distracting than sitting there having to hold it, you know, for an I entire know. class because you don't want to use it? I mean, it, it could be way less serious than a UTI and still be a problem. So I can't That's out. weird. I emailed the teacher. Hey, teacher, this is insane. You can't tell kids they can only pee twice in four months. Uh, what's the deal? Yeah. And I... <laughs> I was expecting her to email back her reasoning. Oh, here's why I do it. You know, this, that she emails back. I'm available to talk, you know, Thursday of this week or Monday of next week, pick a time. I was like, <gasps> Whoa, she's coming out. We would pick a time. You have to have a meeting. I have to have a meeting, which I'm kind of fine with. I'm like, all right, all right. I'm ready for this. There can't be a way possibly that you have the upper hand in this argument. Obviously it's an insane rule. Can't wait to talk to you. No, just to be, be safe, nervous. though, because I'm not new to the game. I'm thinking about it and I'm going, you know, I'm sure there's a few kids that are probably really taking advantage of this peeing. And I understand that. I don't think this is a fair solution, but the other kids shouldn't have to be punished for whatever kids right. are peeing. To, and as I'm thinking it, I go, oh, no, please tell me my kid isn't the over peer. And so oh. I <laughs> called my daughter down I'm like, hey, Kaylee, how much do you go to the bathroom during that class? She says, uh, kind of a lot because it's right after PE. So I do PE and I drink a lot of water and then I, I have to go. Yeah. I said, what's a lot? She's like, probably every other day. And I'm like, dang it. Now I picked a fight. <laughs> and the teacher is going to get on the phone with me and tell me that my daughter's the reason they made the rule because she's peeing every other day. I still think I still think you have a chance in this, though, because I do. it's insane. Like you, yeah. That's not something you can control. I still think that she's in the wrong for the rule, but she, I've just given her like, you had no, you had no talking points against me in our upcoming debate. And now like, Oh, you kind of do. Cause my kid's kind of the problem. So do you still feel like you're going to come in hot? Like, are you still going to come in real, real hot or are you going to dial it back? No, I'm going to open it with like first, Hey, I've actually talked to my kid. She's admitted. She's one of the ones that goes a little bit more than she should. And we've told her to knock that down. So that's handled. Now you go. You know what I mean? I'm going Eminem and eight mile. I'm taking all of their yeah. ammo right away, putting uh -huh. it aside and saying, now you just have to defend your rule. And you know what's going to happen? What? You, your picture and your name is going to be added to the blacklist at school where it's like, do not let, do not allow this man onto, onto campus. Do not take his threats seriously. He had you a just real... got yourself blackballed, dude. Yeah, You're real that... debate about being yeah you're that parent oh, who well. sent the email but just try i think it's a good cause if you're gonna go after it because it's natural i think it's a just cause i will fight for my kids right to take a pee all day long relax lady all right you want to break down some of these weekend events the fun things people have to do around the county yeah let's do it you want me to dive in sure dive first fridays starting off with a free event because we love free uh on the first friday of each month there's a celebration in the gas lamp quarter. It's arts and culture and food and just this really amazing uh, feel of the community coming together all along Fifth Avenue between Broadway and Harbor. Again, it's totally free. There's dancing, there's shopping, there's open air dining, just a chance for the community to all come together and enjoy uh, the gas lamp quarter together. And I never, cool. even knew, I never even heard of that one before and I've been living here for a million years. Yeah, no, that's what I love about doing these segments. 
If you live in or around Carlsbad, you know about the Carlsbad Music Festival. It is a big one. This is actually the 18th year. It's happening at St. Michael's by the Sea on Carlsbad Boulevard. It's going on on Saturday, and all ages are welcome. It is free. There is a beer garden. There are food trucks. The headlining <laughs> band is Monophonics, which is a psychedelic soul band. A lot of other bands as well. Uh, there have already been a bunch of Dia de los Muertos celebrations and festivals going on the last few days, but here are some that are still to come. At the California Center for the Arts tomorrow, there's a free event from 1 to 5 p.m. All of the stuff that you would expect with Dia de los Muertos, uh, dance performances and beautiful live music, arts and crafts, family friendly. Wednesday at the La Jolla Community Center, there's a free event from 5 to 7.30 in Old Town, this is where a lot of the Dia de los Muertos yeah. celebrations happen, uh, but their exhibit Fiesta de Reyes, The Wonder of Dia de los Muertos, is on through Wednesday. And we saved a very San Diego event for last. I'm talking about West Coast Taco and Beer Festival. <laughs> Woo-hoo! You gotta love that, right? It's happening on Saturday from 2 to 7 at Spanish Landing Park. 21 and over, no kids and no dogs allowed. Tickets yeah. start at 46 bucks, but that $46 gets you bottomless craft beer tastings from local and regional breweries and dozens of food vendors, taco trucks, great grub, and of course, lots of live music and fun. I think there's Lucha Libre wrestling out there as well, so. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yes. Pretty cool. Bottomless craft beer sounds a little, hmm, could be a good yeah. thing until it's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, and tacos. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, you'll, you'll pay for it, but it'll be well worth it, right? <laughs> for sure. All right, thanks for tuning in to another episode. Again, you know, if you've been listening for a while, it might be fun to watch. We do have every episode from now on posted on uh, YouTube. So and smash that subscribe button because we're just building our YouTube channel. We do need subscribers. Just, just get violent with it. Just, yes. <laughs> just break it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thanks again to all our guests, and we'll post a new episode next Monday. Bye. Get out and enjoy San Diego. Yes.